On Monday, I gave just a little snippet of Psalm 1 and talked to you about maybe doing a deep dive into Psalm 1 and just just sharing kind of how I read the scripture and what it sounds like to me and just having fun with the scripture and talking about all the ins and outs of it to the best of, of my ability. Um, you know, I'm not a scripture expert or anything like that, not no degree in theology, but just how it comes alive to me. And so that's what this is about. It's just a little bonus. And so, you know, but the honest truth is last week I was in way over my head, just in life. <laughs> what Hadn't even signed up for anything extra, just in over my head in my own every day. And just feeling I don't, I don't know, just terrified, overwhelmed, frustrated, misunderstood. Like I unloaded on my husband about all my worries, all my insecurities and, and just tried to grasp, like honestly was wrestling with how I was feeling and trying to pay attention to how I was feeling, but also trying to push through to some kind of conclusion and, and just, I don't know. Sometimes it'd be easier to just watch Netflix or read a book or eat some chocolate chip cookie dough and move on, but I really did want to understand and I wanted to be able to explain myself well to to my husband and to my friends. And so I did spend some time on it and did my best to kind of stammer through and figure out a little bit more about myself. But in the midst of that week, I did so many silly things. Like I had um, tried to take out some scraps, you know, like food causes a lot of like problems in the ozone if you put them in the um, trash bags. And so every now and then I get inspired and put it on a plate and take it out to the woods. It's like, you know, one every five times or something. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it helps. But I, so I was, I'm throwing it and I accidentally (laughs) threw the plate like a Frisbee over the fence into this, into this brush. And so (laughs) the plate's still there. I have a a sticky note for someone to climb the fence and go get it because I didn't go get it, of course. Then I'm in the grocery store and it's cold. So I'm putting on my hoodie and all of a sudden I'm walking through produce with my hoodie on with the hood over my face. Like I could not see. And so I had to stop walking. There's no cute way to turn around a backwards hoodie. Like it was real embarrassing. So that was my week. And it just was, everything was like that. You know what I mean? But it's just crazy to me because when am I, we have to learn like, that's just a minute. It's just a moment of feeling that way. And, and to recognize I'm not always going to feel this way because this week, it's like none of that even happened. This week I feel new. I'm clear-minded. I'm full of hope. The leaves are changing colors. The baby's starting to sit up. She's starting to reach for me. There's just lots of things that are beautiful and, and I can see them and I can enjoy. And there's still lots of things going on that are heavy and hard with parenting and marriage and life. But Maybe it's not quite as hard as it seemed in the moment when I threw the plate. You know, it's not as hard as it seems. All right, so I was talking about this um, episode, last episode with my mom, and she mentioned Psalm 1, and so I wanted to check it out, and it just felt like the words were exploding off the page. Like when the Bible says it's alive, it's alive. Like I don't know if you've seen like the 
the little kid show where they highlight the word and it pops up real big and bold on the screen trying to teach kids vocabulary and spelling and letter recognition. And so that's how it was. Like the words were just popping off the page like, wow, 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 boom, boom, boom. This is exciting. Oh, I want to talk about this. You know, it was like that. And it felt so in line with what I've been trying to express. And that's another thing my mom said, like anytime we say something as a truth, we need to know where it is in scripture. Is it true? What does God say about that? And this question of accountability will always ensure that we aren't being misguided by like, some hype in the world, positive hype. There's like all this input of positive thinking from every direction. You can buy a mug, you can buy a t-shirt. Like I'm pretty sure the world thinks coffee and tacos fix everything, right? Like think about tacos and your kids will behave. That's one (laughs) message I feel like. Drink more coffee, you'll have more friends. I I don't know. I'm like, I'm totally joking, but I do know it's easy to sway in good things versus true things. True things change your life. And so good things make you feel like you need to be good. They make you feel like you need to try harder, be better. And um, true things empower you. And so I want to always make sure that I'm careful to not give my opinion when it's not grounded in what God says on here. And you always question it. You need to be finding what I say in scripture if I don't provide the scripture. All right, so let's get into it. I wanted to deep dive into Psalm 1 and kind of demonstrate how I how I read scripture, how I let my imagination roll, and how I enjoy the words. And I hope it's helpful to you, you know? I hope it's helpful to, to use your Bible. Let it feed you. Let it set you on fire. Let it come alive to you. You know what? Oh my gosh, I just thought of this. Last week, I had a patient at work. Uh, for you, If you don't know, I'm a speech-language pathologist in the hospital, speech therapist for short, but it's kind of like the speech therapist in the school, except we don't work on articulation so much. We focus on swallowing safely and meeting nutritional needs, that kind of thing. Speech therapy is not my calling in life. My, my mission is to love people and speech therapy is just what I do, but it does give me a lot of opportunities to love people and talk about their lives and stories. And, and, and I try to give truth when I can. So anyway, long story short, I had a patient who had an abusive husband in the room with her and it just was extremely disturbing. I was upset for days, and um, but this part was a little bit different. As she was sharing with me, she also said that her parents had given her a Bible when she was a little girl, but they told her not to adulterate the Bible. Don't write in it. Don't mess it up. Basically, they told her she wasn't good enough for the Bible, and because of that, she's been afraid to open it ever since. Y'all, I mean, it was just tragic to hear that. It made me want to come right home and hug each one of you and tell you how much God cares for you. His words are sacred and beautiful, right? The Bible is holy and important. But listen carefully. They are written and told for you, for you, not to be kept holy and out of reach. No, his words are meant to be received as gifts, fully trusted, Washing over you is like fresh air, giving you more life, more joy, more love, more peace than you could possibly imagine because you are made new, covered completely by God's goodness. So you're, you, um, you are not condemned. You're not held hostage by your mistakes and you can't mess up God, right? 
no. If you say it like that, you're like, well, obviously. But sometimes we think that you've, that we've, well, I'll just say me, like I felt like I'd messed up too much or I'd gone too far. But when you choose to believe God is who he says, that he is the savior, he died on the cross, he rose again so that death would not rule anymore. When you believe God and choose to follow him, you are saved. That means you are made new and you are given the Holy Spirit to live with you, comforting you, helping you, cherishing you, and guiding you. You cannot mess up too big. God's plan does not change based on your mistakes. Look at any person in the Bible. Flip and point and choose. He uses the bad ones like bad. And you know what? Honestly, that just means we're all bad because he could use anyone and he does. He does use all of us. We all have purpose. We all have mission. We're all needed to speak life and love into our neighbor. And we all fall short. <laughs> like it's, it's hard for us to understand. And I'm not sure why, because we're faced with our humanity every single day. It should be pretty clear, but yet we continue to doubt that God is who he is and we are who we are. But God pursues us and he covers us with so much grace. And I just felt the need to clear that up just in case there's some confusion. The gospel is in every story on every page. All right. Okay. All right. Now we're going to get to the point, the other point, but I'm not even kidding y'all. I was so tempted to steal that precious woman right out of that hospital room and bring her home with me. You're probably thinking she was like 20. No, she was 77 years old. And all I could see was this sweet girl needing to be wrapped up in real love. Numbers don't matter, right? We need to be held. Am I right? We need to be held. We need love. We need to feel secure. So let's look at Psalm 1 and see what it says to us today. If you're home and can open your Bible and follow along, that would be so super. And if you can't, I definitely want you to read through this this week and let it become your own. See what pops off the page for you. Listen, circle, underline, color, scribble, degrade the heck out of that page and love every second of it because the power is in what it speaks to you, not in the paper. All right. Okay. So Psalm 1, I, I read multiple translations, but um, I really enjoy the Passion Translation and it just is written so beautifully. It really uses some fresh words, but I do always kind of compare it to a more traditional translation just to, just to make sure, just to see. Psalm 1 verse 1, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways? All right. Well, first word that pops out to me is delight because what a fun word. I love the word delight. I want to feel delight. Like, you offer delight. That's an easy yes for me. I want that feeling. Like we've talked about setting goals and we can base our goals on, on a feeling we want to feel right. And when I think about my life and how I want to feel delight is at the top of the list. I want to feel joy. I want to feel fun and carefree, right? Versus step two or verse no, it's actually not verse two. It's just the next line. They won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way. 
nor be found sitting in the scorner seat. So that is a contrast to what is available. So are you going to walk into light or are you going to walk um, with wickedness? Okay. And I felt like that word was a little bit harsh and I don't necessarily have all the answers, but I think wicked to me sounds so hateful and malicious versus um, a person who's like lost and in need of rescuing or, or in need of help. So I did a little research about it and and I don't think the Bible's trying to sound super harsh, but I think it's just this terminology that means that you're following your own path, that you are not following light or walking in truth. And so, um, and then it talks about the scorner seat, sitting in the scorner's seat. And so scorn is judgment. And that's what we were talking about last week. When you're not rooted in your identity, then you're always going to be judging others because you're looking to them for a standard. You're looking to someone else to know which way to go and how to do. And so you're judging them on their performance to know, should I follow them or should I not? Is that someone I should should be like? And so that is this idea of being consumed by searching and comparison because you put in this effort to be someone of value. So you're measuring their value. You're looking for worth by being better than someone else. And that is always going to get you in trouble because that person's value and their standard and their living is always going to go up and down. And that just makes me think of the church. We set these unrealistic expectations on humans in leadership when they're not the standard. They aren't perfect. They've never claimed to be perfect. And so when we look for worth by comparing ourselves to someone else, that standard is always going to fall and there's leaves you with no foundation of truth. It leaves you with no confidence and it steals your inner peace. Okay. All right. Verse two, their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. Okay. So Anytime you have pleasure and passion, it's going to line up with what's true. Equals, so I wrote in my notes, pleasure and passion equals truth. Seeking truth. Seeking is an active word. Meditating is another word like seeking. It's an active way of finding truth, okay? And so on what? What are we meditating on? Revelation. Well, revelation comes from God. And so anytime in your life you have heard from God, whether it be in um, scripture or something in your personal life or something like that, you can cling to that as the truth, as the revelation for your life until you get a new one. I don't care if you read the same thing every day for a year. If it is alive and speaking to you, if God has given it to you, then cling to it. Meditate on that truth. Seek out what's true. That is what equals pleasure and passion. Passion is going to flow from that in such authentic and grace and in a way. All right. That's so fun. I love that. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun. Like standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. And so I'm just going to go ahead. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. This is the verse that I read on Monday. And so this is more comparison. This is what they're kind of like explaining what brings the delight in verse one. So this is in contrast to living 
um, following things that are fleeting or fading. And so how do we stand firm in God's design? What is God's design? Well, when you meditate on truth, that pleasure, that passion is going to flow. God's design is unique to you. We know that from other scripture. And so you have this unwavering stance, this solid foundation like an oak tree because judgment, comparison, and sin, right, mistakes, they won't cause you to crumble. They'll still happen. They'll still happen. You'll still make mistakes. But when you meditate on truth and you have it firm in your heart and you know God's design, then those things are not going to cause you to crumble. You'll stand firm and your eyes are set on light. And so when you are moving in what's true, it allows you to realize, um, like every, let me see, everything you do depends on where you are looking, right? Everything you think relies on where you are looking. And so that's why you're encouraged to meditate on what's true because then you will move towards what's true. If you think about what is light giving, then you will move in that way. And so your eyes are set on that. And then what results? Bliss, passion, pleasure. And then it says bearing fruit in every season of their lives because being true sets a foundation. Bliss comes when truth is surrounding you, rooting you. You're not swayed by things that are moving all around. Okay, so that begs the question, what is truth? Like if we are going to really get picky about this, then we really need to understand what we think about every term that we're using. So what is truth? And I guess I've always just automatically thought truth is the gospel, Truth is what Jesus says, and it is, it is, because if we're going to think on what's true, then we need to be thinking about Jesus, and I guess I just got a little bit, uh, I don't know, not complacent and not bored, but almost like, okay, I get it. I don't, I don't know what else you want me to think about Jesus. I don't have anything else, you know, but because it's more than that, the gospel is your story. And the redemptive work of Jesus is in your life. And so when we're seeking truth and seeking God, we can find it right here, right now, in today. The gospel is written on every page of your story. It's all over you. And so when we think about truth, we can find current examples of what that is right now. Okay. And so that's really exciting. So being true, knowing who you are, sometimes seeking truth might be facing what's true in your life. It might be taking time to understand your feelings. It might be being honest about something that would be better pushed down, but not actually better, right? Truth, truth sets you free, not just the truth of who Jesus is, but who Jesus is in you and who you are and how that changes you, how it redeems you, restores you, gives you life. Okay. You were created good, designed wonderfully by God, saved by his grace. That's truth. That's gospel. Like that's good news. The gospel is good news. And that's what truth is. Truth is the opposite of lies. 
right? No, duh, obviously, but it's not that obvious. The opposite of lies. What if we can't see the lies? What if we don't know what they are? And so this work of meditating on what God did will root you. It will grow roots actively in your life, creating this foundation, this practice of seeking truth, seeing the good, walking in the way of life. And that, sister, sister, brings bliss. (laughs) Okay, see, I told you it's exciting. It's exciting. That brings bliss. Who doesn't want bliss? Me, me, me. I want bliss, which is freedom. I think of bliss as freedom, like a deep breath that you haven't had in a while. Bliss, bliss, nothing hidden, nothing hidden, no secrets, no shrinking smaller. Nope, being the true big you, enjoying yourself, loving yourself. And then, and then, and then, and then, bearing fruit, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. Y'all, we've literally made it through three verses and we'll end after this, (laughs) but never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. How different are the wicked, right? Oh, it's sad. All they are is dust in the wind. Verse four, how different are the wicked. They are dust in the wind, driven away to destruction. And it's so sad. And I have so much compassion because we get taste of what that's like. Wicked just means humanity, like without God, going our own way, feeling lost, feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. We get feelings like that, but we have the answer right here, right now. Holy Spirit is helping, comforting, guiding. And so we have the answers right here in the word. We can turn to what's true. We can meditate on the revelation of light. We can say, who are you, God, in my life today? Let me think about the gospel. Let me think about this redemption story right now. And it will set you alive, not blown away, not blown away on shifting standards, not blown away by judging and comparison and things, meeting expectations you're never going to meet. No, God says, I root you in a place that bears fruit. That means fruit is like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruit. It's what God designs for you. It's what he wants for you. And so whether you're doing speech therapy or graphs or baking or gardening or cartwheels, if you're bearing fruit, you will experience the bliss of knowing God in an authentic way. And that's what I'm hoping for you this week. I am cheering for you so big. Listen, have fun and share it with me. I need your fun in my life and I love you so, so much.